It's the Tiltcast episode 501, Pounding Monsters. And this week, guys, we talk Death Stranding, oh. Elden Ring, oh. and some PlayStation news. Stay tuned. <laughs> ah, double can. It's the Tiltcast, and we're back. It is Friday, April 8th at 9.22 p.m. It is a duo cast. I am Nos. I'm Jason. It's an M-rated show, and together with the two of us, you're going to get some amount of time's worth of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games to news. Uh, maybe trying out a little bit of a different format tonight. Um, you know, we're at episode 501. So, you know, it's half a thousand episodes. Maybe we can change things and not stay the same. Woot! Um... Been gone a little bit. There's been a lot going on with all of us. Like, we're recording on a Friday night because it's Jason's anniversary tomorrow. Yay. Happy 10,000 year anniversary. Right. God, it's been 12 years. You've been married as long as I've known you. Tis true. Yeah. You did the first show you did, you had been recently married. Yep. And within a, a year or two. I might have already been engaged when you started. It'd been uh, 20, 2011 yeah. when you finally showed up. You showed up in the early hundreds. Yeah. I'll say like I've been doing this almost as long as I've been married. <laughs> yeah, about four, at least, at least like 350 episodes um, you've been a part of the show. So longer than any other cast member, I will say that, aside from moi. Um, who's been with it since the very beginning, but you and Rusty are the very longest lasting non-red shirts at this point. Were those leeches you just can't get rid of. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so founder, co-founder of the show, Trent, um, had his birthday party the other night. So that was one of the reasons we weren't recording. Plus we had other things happening on Friday, so it didn't make sense to record on Sunday. Um, so we ended up basically uh, skipping another week. We may have another week. Actually, I don't know that we have to skip for a while. No, we shouldn't. Shouldn't uh, have to skip for quite a while. Unless life just happens, which, to be honest, guys, that's the irregularity the last couple of months. There's just been a lot of life happening. I Can't go a... into a whole lot of details, but Justin's had a lot of concerts. I mean, there's... I've talked about it a little bit. I mean, I've seen, I've been out of town three times. I'm about to be out of town again in two weeks, but it's on a Thursday night, so I won't miss the show. Um, I'm going to be out of town in Dallas, uh, hanging out with some friends in about a month. And then I don't got anything till I go see Bauhaus, of all things, for all of you older people out there. Uh, if you're not at least the most popular song, I would say is Bella, Bella Lugosi is Dead. If you at least heard that, that came out probably 40 years ago at this point. One of the original post-punk goth bands out there. Heroes of my childhood. They started touring again after 16 years. And me and a couple of friends are going to go see them um, in September. So, seeing all sorts of interesting shit. But... Speaking of interesting stuff, uh, Trent convinced me and a buddy of mine to watch a movie the other night called Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. <laughs> this just sounds... <laughs> you know this, what? This sounds like one of those bad ideas that's so bad 
Oh, it's, it's actually good. it's actually pretty funny. I, I, I think it's so bad it's good. That's I think it's it, actually too good for BMF cast, but I may talk to BMF and see if they have done this. So let me take a picture of this and see if uh, we'll uh, we'll tweet the BMF dudes. Um, it's an intentionally so there's these things. I can show you on break called five second films, and it's uh, just random ass comedy that's yeah. on the internet. It's on YouTube. Literally five second films. They're all like very well done for five seconds. You get the gist of what's going on and then punchline. Bam. It's yeah. in your face. And some of them are pretty offensive if you're a little bit weak stomached. I think they're fucking hilarious. So I'm a big fan of I say a big fan. Big fan of this now. I mean we were these are all really old friends, right? They were at Trent's birth. Trent only invited people he knows really well. Oh yeah. So, you know, the people that People that the show knows would be John from uh, Picking Out the Pixels and formerly of the Carousel. Um, use them. Um, so he was there. And, of course, I've got some fantastic pictures of that, of uh, him looking like Captain Morgan with Trent's bird. Um, but, yeah, we started, we got a little bit drunk and started watching uh, five-second films and then old clips of Whitest Kids You Know, which oh yeah, I love Whitest Kids You Know. Uh, that's one of the few things that still makes me laugh. Like I'm, it's not like I'm, I've just watched a lot of shit. And so my sense of humor is over is saturated. Right. And so I mean, it's not just shock humor that I like, but just, I like punny stuff. And why does kids, you know, is very punny. Same thing with letter. Kenny letter. is one of the few shows on air that I still think is pretty funny. Well, I mean, that's, that's true of most of us who, you know, basically our entire childhood was the late 80s and early 90s. I mean, a lot of us have a fairly tilted sense of humor, let's I mean, say. To throw that in there. Um, what was the sketch show before Whitest Kids You Know that's really similar? Oh, shit. I'm squishing you. Um, I'll remember it here soon. I can see faces. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, I'm going to find out. That would be Kids in the Hall. So if, again, older sketch comedy, but also really good. Um, So if you like like Kids in the Hall, basically, whitest kids you know is just Kids in the Hall with with the word fuck. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. For for those of you who weren't uh, fortunate enough to be in an area that uh, had Kids in the Hall on broadcast or you didn't have cable back then, um, that was basically the Canadian skit show equivalent of, uh, um, shit. What was the, what was the Nickelodeon one that wasn't quite as funny? Fuck. I don't know. That was actually, you're a little bit younger than me, so. And I didn't grow up with cable. All that. That's what I was. Yeah. Kids in the Hall has yeah. been around since late nineties, I think. But that was one of my favorite sketch shows growing up mm-hmm. was Kids in the Hall. Um, just, I thought it's extremely clever. And then Trevor from Whitest Kids You Know also was part of Comedy Central for a little bit, but he recently passed away. And that's where the conversation started. I was like, oh yeah, did you know that Trevor died from, uh, Whitest Kids You Know? And they're like, what? It's like, we need to pay a little bit of tribute. So we watched a nice. few clips of some stuff that I even feel uncomfortable saying about on this show. So we have to have a pretty 
high sense of humor to watch that. But anyways, Dubro Massacre, made by the guy that does Five Second Films. The only person you probably know is, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Patton Oswald. Oh, I was about to say, please tell me Tara Reed's in there. <laughs> uh, no, she's, Tara Reed is not in there. She's like in every bad comedy ever. No, there is an old porn star that's in here who what's her name nina something um anyways yeah there's some let me look at the credits nina hartley oh wow she wow has... taking me back to my early masturbatory days yeah there is a she plays a principal a, i don't know what you call it like a dean of the college essentially it's a bunch of dude bros right that pull some really off the wall pranks that over the years have been getting killed by the antagonist like different members of the dude bros have been killed and it's one dude bros twin brother trying to investigate his death so it's a series of non sequiturs that's done in like a vhs format like it's even kind of got the film grain and everything else like it's paying tribute to that nice it's incredibly dumb but incredibly funny and me and my friend laughed our ass off like it's a it's a slasher flick it plays on like some of the jason tropes and a few other things but um if you're curious dude bro party massacre three is worth it even if you're not drunk or high um maybe enhanced if you are drunk or high but was funny on its own because neither of us were drunk or high when we watched it i mean that's always good. I God, what was I want? While you were watching that, I was watching Halo on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, that recently came out. Uh how is that so far? It's really good. So it's got money behind it. Oh yeah. And well, I mean, Showtime and Spielberg have been like developing this for for years now, right? Initially, they were going to make a one shot movie, and then that turned into a series, and you know, you have all that going into it. But I will say, they uh, having a working knowledge of the game universe, as most of us do, um, does help in in you recognizing things, but the way that they've put the show together, if you never played Halo, won't matter. Still a great, still just a really good sci-fi series. Um, It's excellent. All of the visuals are just freaking beautiful. And they make the elites look badass. Yeah, some of the enemies in Halo are a little bit cartoony, so I kind of wondered about that. Um, they look absolutely badass. Like, they blew out some of the proportions on the elites to make them uh, uh, make them bigger, so um, they don't look quite as eel-like. So, same basic framework, like. You still see Arbiter, right? He's just like Beefcake Arbiter. If that makes sense. Um, It definitely enhances their look, makes them look more menacing. Um, 
the uh, the prophets or the prophets uh, is amazing work. Um, they look perfect, but I will tell you if you're going into it expecting uh, the show to uh, play just like the video games, you you will be disappointed. I mean, they're taking they're taking a different angle at things, and I like so far three episodes in. I know a lot of people were upset that they already pulled Master Chief's helmet off. I'm not. Here's why I'm not. You see Master Chief's face a lot in the uh, in the second episode of the series. Um, and you see his face towards the end of the first episode. But it's to... Uh, if you look at the way he acts and look carefully at the moment where he first removes his helmet, he removes his helmet because he's about to disobey direct orders that he's received from the UNSC. So it's kind of more that element of I'm removing the helmet and I'm going to be human now instead of a robot per se um yeah because uh, so, master chief is a cyborg right no master chief is just a enhanced human but he's been beyond like been raised human. in the military and conditioned in the military since he was nine or ten if i remember the books correctly it's been a while since i uh since i read read first contact but um uh the, all of the Spartan 2 program they were essentially kidnapped children from outer colonies that Halsey and the UNSC turned into the perfect soldiers uh from training and conditioning to physical enhancements uh biochemical enhancements, etc. Um so they're they're playing a little bit more of that uh um machine versus humanity trope with it um because of how the um Spartans would be perceived by a lot of the everyday people um what most people don't realize in the halo is that in the halo universe um up until the point where uh, the first halo game happens the unsc wasn't just fighting a war with the covenant they were also still fighting um basically a insurgency cold war with a lot of the with a lot of the populace on a, a lot of the outer colony worlds, etc. Um, so you have a uh, uh, so there's a lot of uh, different things, both on a humanity front and a political front, that are that are happening behind the scenes that you never that you never see work in the games, right? Because 
the games are all about that covenant conflict. Um, so, but it's, it's extremely good. Like the first episode opens up with you seeing colonists literally get turned into red jelly by plasma weapon fire. I mean, I'd be down for that. <laughs> I mean, it's really good. Hang on. I've So, if you get the if you get the chance to watch it, if you have Paramount Plus or if you sign up for the free 30-day or whatever, it's it is worth it. It's a really good series. Yeah, I've been like I said, just doing life. Um things are open right now. It's a good time to reimagine what I forgot and I'm just soaking up all the life after you know not to be overly dramatic but like you know I had COVID I want to I want to make sure that I'm focusing on doing things with people as well as gaming and uh, feel like I've been doing a pretty good job I've got an idea that I'll talk with you you know, a little bit about offline but like I think I'm going to rent a big space out of town to do my big four zero over the hill party. Nice. Think me and a couple of friends are brainstorming on what that looks like. Um, I'm just gonna do something like that. Maybe I'm not gonna be the one cooking out on that. I'll definitely cook out for you and Rusty. But I do want to do a uh, big blowout. Yeah, it's my fortieth. I want to do something like that. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it later. I've got a couple of reservations about inviting you and it deals with uh oh yeah no i get it um no i get make, it might make somebody else mad <laughs> but um little are you staring at your reflection again the uh company mascot here has been oh forgot to declinker there we go now you can be naked be naked um but yeah, anyways, long story short, like it's been pretty great. Um, I do have some things to report on as we talk about games. Um, we've got we've got a couple of games we're going to talk about, and I think we're going to break after we're done with the games, and then we're going to talk about some news. I think what I'm still not used to changing that formatted up. Um, but I, I beat Elden Ring. Finally. And that took a, a while. I'm having a hard time figuring out what to play. So Rusty had almost 140 hours. I had 143. And we both decided that we didn't complete anything. It's, the amount of time spent grinding is maybe five or six hours of that time was spent grinding. Um, just because I found a couple of good spots to do so. That game's really good. There is not a lot of hyperbole out there. I feel like the people that are rating it one star are literally just haters, right? Or just pouring on the salt. Or or they're people that just got overly mad at the at the early bugs and rage quit. Maybe. I don't know. Like, the reason so many people are playing this game, and this is a lot of people's first FromSoft game, this is outsold their top-selling game by a factor of three or four. I mean, it's selling COD numbers. It is, which is crazy for a game like this. Elden Ring without this is not hyperbolic. Like this is this generation Skyrim. This is better than Breath of the Wild. This is better than Skyrim. This is on a level this is like this I say gamer generations Witcher 3. Yeah. 
Like when I was well, thinking of like things that are this good that I felt this good walking away yeah. from, Witcher Three, Fallout New Vegas, and that's it. Well, and to be honest, I from the start several years ago, I thought it would have the potential, and there's only one reason why. Uh, aside from the fact that all of us in this fairly close community knows that Dark Souls is a good game, even though I've never been able to finish any of those games. I know the quality of the games are there. It's just not typically my jam, right? One thing had the potential to throw this over the top. You attach George R.R. Martin's name to the story. The story makes get, the story makes more sense. That's part of the th- the biggest thing. There's a yeah. lot more. There's a lot more world building in this than any of the previous Souls games. There's a lot more spoken dialogue. There's a lot more cutscene. The quests are still kind of obscure and hard to find. So there's not really quest markers, but there are NPC markers which are part of those quests. You still have to keep track of those on your own. Um. The map markers are the ones that you put on the map, right? Like, there's still some elements of old game design, but the biggest thing it makes you do versus a lot of other games is it makes you invest time in knowing why you're doing something because you have to pay attention to it. And in that regard, I feel like it does a better job than something I mean, like like Assassin's Creed. The Ubi developers were throwing shade at them initially because of the lack of quest markers and things like that with the UI. And by default, the UI completely disappears except for your compass, just to help you just kind of breathe in the sense of the world. It's only when a health bar moves down that your UI picks up. Now, I, I'm a min-maxer, so I keep an eye on all that shit all the time, so I always have it on. But, like, they want you to pay attention to what's going on around you. It, the biggest difference between it and other Souls games is if you can't beat a boss, you can go do something else and come back to it. And you can put a put a skull on it, right? Or like, there's like 15 different markers. So if there's a boss I realized I wasn't able to beat at that moment, throw a skull down on the map on where I was at, and that was like my comeback later. If there was something that had these things called stone sword keys, so basically you get a key, you find a gargoyle, and then it has a fog gate, and then if you open it with that key, it's one of a few different things. It's an item, it's a boss, or it's a puzzle dungeon. And so those are like optional things that you do in the world, and there's only so many of those stone sword keys, so you kind of have to pick initially, can I do this or not? There's one right out the gate that is way too hard for you when you first start. And I went back and kicked its ass way later in the game, but I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. I forgot to put a marker down. But I put a sword next to those, because that was what, to me, it made it an edited stone sword key, so I was like, I want to come back. Um and so you just go around the world like discovering stuff and the map just continues to grow larger. I know I talked about that before, but that's something it does. And there's like, aside from like the eight super bosses, essentially, there's like 150 boss encounters. The amount of boss encounters is nuts. There's all a bunch of mini dungeons. So they've got crypts and caves. And then both of those are basically small dungeons that are, that you can't immediately warp back out of. You kind of have to commit to going through it once you start. Yeah. I mean, you die, you'll go back to the grace, which is the equivalent of the bonfire, but um, you kind of have to commit to going through that or backing out of it. And by the time that you're done with those, 
there's a warp point at the very end that takes you back to the beginning so that you can fast travel out of it, essentially. Nice. So the big thing with Elden Ring is just it's a huge open world. The open world makes sense. It's a very dense open world. You can go above it. You can go below it. There's a whole huge areas below the world. There's huge areas kind of above the world. There are islands that I haven't figured out how to get to that are part of the world. There, are, There's just so much content, but it mostly makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... It's easier to, I it, will say. So, things that make it easier... It's more accessible, not necessarily easier, right? To me, it was. it's the easiest one of them all. But it, that's not necessarily... There's some challenge there. And I feel like when I hit New Game Plus, it's going to be even harder. But it uh, it's easier because the fast travel points. It's easier because the dungeons have these things called a Statue Marika or something like that. Basically, you die at the boss. You just pass this statue, and it lets you respawn right there. So you don't have to corpse run. There's only been one time I had to corpse run. There's like a hidden box called like Lord Plesidux or something like I can't remember. Anyways, there's a big old fucking lightning dragon that's hard as piss. The hardest boss in the game to me was this fucking lightning dragon. And uh, it's a decent run from the nearest grace to that boss. Like, And there's a whole bunch of platforming to get back to him. It's almost hidden. It was one of these things where you get a prompt to lie down and you do that. And then this whole Coliseum builds around you and you're in front of this fucking dragon. Um, which is hard as fucking... One of the hardest fucking bosses in the game. Like, But here's the thing. The hardest boss in the game took me about an hour to beat. Right? I did initially start Margot, the first one, too early. And I spent about an hour whomping pretty hard there. And then I realized, oh, I haven't even leveled up my weapons. Right? Yeah, yeah. Of course this is too hard. I'm only doing 100 damage to him with two-handed. Of course this is too hard. I need to back off and like level up some shit and then come back. Um, There is a little bit of... You can only plus 10 so many weapons, so plus 10 or plus 25 so many weapons. So your normal weapons go to plus 25, you, but you only have... A, it's called an ancient dragon stone for that to get it to the top level. So you kind of have to pick and choose which one you want to be the the top tier one. Then with your somber stones, so your special weapons, they can go up to plus 10, but they're so fucking powerful. I've got this thing. I'm doing a faith build and, or I was doing a faith build and I've got a sword called the blasphemous sword, which when I do damage with its special, I heal up for the same amount I did damage for or a portion of that. Nice. When I kill something, I get health back. Um, my summon requires health. So I summon, and then slam down my swords a couple, two or three times. Then I've got all my health back that I just used for my summon. That sword nice. almost broke the game. Like, it's so fucking powerful. Like, at the end, I'm doing fucking 3,000 damage with it buffed. Like, it's just stupid. Uh, which, in context, when you're first starting out, you might be doing 25, 50, 75, maybe 100 damage. So it exponentially scales, and it scales with my faith. My character is a faith build. Faith strength. Um, so, like, overall, though... I had a delightful experience. I was almost sad that I was beating it. The final boss took me about five tries. He's a little bit fucking... Cheap's not the word. He's just... He's fairly difficult. But the fact that Elden Ring lets you summon in um, special characters that you kind of collect like Pokemon throughout the world makes the game easier because 
you have a distraction, right? And it depends on how buff that distraction is that determines how long he lasts. And my distraction was so tough that he lasted all the way through the final boss encounter. Damn. So that's what I'm saying. That's a pretty good distraction. He's fucking tanky as fuck. So, um, Elden Ring, Witcher, and Witchers as good, and New Vegas was as good for its time, though it wouldn't compare today. It's, well, I mean, it's the- nearly perfect. There are very, if it wasn't for technical issues, it'd be nearly perfect. Like in my book, this is a four nine easy. This is a this is a game that I I haven't played this something this good since Witcher three. Well, I mean, this is FromSoft like unleashed, right? I mean, they've taken Dark Souls open world. They've been working on this since three and three. Well, yeah, like no, I don't think they've been working on. It. I think they've been only been working on it like five years, but. This team fucking knocked it out of the damn park. Like, this is, it's a very good game. Like, the people that are hating on it are just because it just continues to get, like, almost perfect scores. It's because there ain't nothing out there that fucking matches it. There is no dark fantasy game this cool. There's no medieval combat game this cool. There isn't an RPG, like, action RPG this cool, right? There isn't anything that fucking touches it. Like... Nothing in the genre is as good as it, and it's better than most of the things that I've played that are outside the genre. And The Witcher, Witcher 3 is the closest thing, and the reason The Witcher 3 baits it out is because the story is really fucking good and engaging. Um, and I really yeah. like the characters in that story. It's a really, and, it's a really I mean, cool dark fantasy story. Let, and let's face it, I mean, they just, they added great elements with their DLC, too. I mean, But they're going to add DLC to this game. They have to. Yeah. And if it's anything like the last ones, the DLCs for the other Souls games were pretty chunky. Like, 30-hour experience chunky. Right? So, sad. I I just... I'm going to come back in New Game Plus and play whatever DLC they got with my new Plank Game Plus. Holy shit, man. It's just good. It's really good. Like, it drug Rusty in and Rusty hated Souls games. Oh, yeah. No, I can't wait Rusty. to play it. I just had a... Had other priorities. When, when Rusty gets back, he's dealing with insomnia and just, he was almost still awake when we were talking about doing a night show. But, like, he's playing other games and I'll let him speak for himself, but he's having a hard time, like, latching onto anything after playing. He's like, that game was really good. There isn't anything out right now that's this good. Rusty also reviewed Horizon and he likes it better in Horizon. He really liked Horizon. So, Naturally, because that was the next best thing, that's what I picked up, but I only got 45 minutes into it last night because I was dicking around. Well, my my dad's birthday was this yeah. week, and so I made him dinner, and they were over till late. But And it took me a fucking hour to download. But yeah, I started playing Horizon. I don't have anything to report. It's a fucking gorgeous game. It does look better than Elden Ring. It's one of the best-looking games ever made, honestly, and they're pushing it on PS5 hardware, which is not, no slouch, but it ain't no fucking 3080. And it's pushing graphics out that looks better than my 3080, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's a gorgeous game, but I will tell you, it is a 
hard shock when you put it in quality versus performance mode because I'm used to playing everything at 60 4K, 4K 60. Yeah. With pretties. And uh, it usually it averages between 30 and 45 on the pretties. It does look fucking good. But that was like, a sh I was like, what's wrong with the game? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's running at a lower than 60, and I'm not used to that again. Um, and that automatically made me think it was bad. And I was like, no, it's not bad. This is just what's normal on consoles. I just need to lower my expectations on frame rate. And then yeah. I flipped off the frame rate for performance mode. And there's not a lot of difference, but I was like, it's the best looking game on PS5. I'm going to up it back. And then just, I finally adjusted to it after 45 minutes. To get in the headspace of 40. It almost hurt my eyes. This is how much of a fucking PC snob I am. It's like it almost hurt my eyes because of the way it looked. And I was like, I'm just grinning Barrett. Grinning Barrett. So and then finally my eyes adjusted. Are you playing it on the PS5? It's the only, place, that, it's, it's the only place it's, it's released. It's not available on PC yet, right? It so, is on PS4, though. Um, You got a PS4. I do have a PS4, but... I, eh. I did the... So it, I bought it on PlayStation the, Store online and the PS4 version of it so I could get it at 60 not 70 bucks and then I did upgrade it to the PS5 version because it gave me the option immediately when I launched my PS5 do you want to play this on the PS5 version for free and I was like yeah well, yes I do I do not want to pay the 10 extra dollars um for no reason cuz nice. I'm still a cheapskate <laughs> I mean and it was still I couldn't even and find if it they used give anywhere. you the option I mean I couldn't that's... find it used anywhere like I looked that was I don't pay play pay 50 60 70 dollars on hardly anything game wise anymore so yeah, like I, I did it for Elden Ring I pre-ordered Elden Ring um I did pay I went through not uh Green Man to get my copy of Dying Light and I got it on my Green Man points for like 35 dollars Nice. So I couldn't find the same deal for Elden Ring, though. Nice. But, I mean, if it looks this good on PS5, can you imagine in a year or year and a half when it hits PC how good it looks? Yeah, I, hopefully I, it's, as, it's optimized for PC, too, to look as good as it does. I don't know. I assume there, there's a lot of subtle optimization on yeah. various levels. I mean, it's well, a very handcrafted game. There's also subtle details uh detail loading that's changed on that's optimized on the consoles differently than for PC and most of that's because yes the PS5 and the X and the Xbox Series X are the closest thing to almost purebred PC in a console that's ever been they do right? have really fast memory on those things but they have extremely fast memory and because the GPU and CPU are basically on the same die. Um, it, there's there's a whole lot more cache optimization that happens there, and cache is a lot. Cache and RAM access is a whole lot faster. Um, so that's where they get away with, like on the PS5 and the Series X, pushing a um, don't don't get me wrong, an extremely powerful AMD RDNA 2 based chip, right? I'm just um, I'm just surprised that the performance they're able to squeeze out of those consoles right now because if you can't, especially nowadays, like I'm not going to give anybody guff for not being able to get a performance graphics card because you got lucky because you're able to grab Rusty's old 2080. I got it. Extremely and lucky. Me and Rusty like played 
it was like playing slot machines trying to get those fucking cards last year. Well, the year before last now. But I've only had that card like 15 months, right? And I was very persistent to try to get that. Like I, three days a week was hitting drop I mean, times to get that stupid card. I mean, make no joke. I, I cannot, like, I cannot thank, ever thank Rusty enough for the fact that he made the very conscious and very pocketbook unfriendly decision to buy a 3090 when it came up because he wanted he wanted something he, he wanted something newer he honestly so rusty know. spent 1500 i spent about 850 yeah and i had to buy mine with a really bad gp or a really bad power supply which is actually still in my system really you still have that thing in there yeah, even though it's, I'm thinking about replacing it. I'm gonna get a PC case soon and a new power supply. I mean, I would before it decides to fail. Newegg did, pulled some shit with the uh, power supplies they were bundling and got rid of these ones that, in more cases than not, caught on fire. And that is the power supply I have in my PC. Yeah, there, there is. If you there have not heard about the gigabit power supply thing. That's, it's the box, so I can tell you the model. It's a Gigabyte 80 plus gold series P850GM. And if you look those up on YouTube, there are several different dudes breaking Just down how much these things suck. The most comprehensive thing I can tell you, go to Gamers Nexus. They had a whole series of videos about them, including testing last year. That was pretty fucking conclusive <laughs> yeah and i actually had forgot about it so we started talking about it right now because at that time i couldn't afford one right now i could so like i'm maybe i will i've got a show i'm going to in two weeks and i'm i've got a certain amount i want to keep in my bank account so maybe the next check i'll pick that up in a case but um yeah. go go get your evga or a Sonic power supply and something else anything well the if I'm getting a new case, I'm going to get a new power supply to go with it so that yeah. it has no dust in it. And I can trust, I can't trust that one to last me much longer. I'm surprised it's lasted me as long as it has. But, anyways, long story you short. You also probably, you've not been overclocking the GPU. Oh, I don't need to. It's so. a fucking 3080, man. I, it, it just kicks out whatever I throw at it, and I, so, the only thing that ever happens with it is occasionally it gets thermal throttled because my fans yeah. aren't great. So the thing is, the thing with these power supplies is that it's their overpower protection gets tripped when you have a sharp increase in power pull, which these thirty eighty and these thirty ninety GPUs can actually do to the to basically anything other than a thousand watt power supply um, for, you know, it's no more than a millisecond or two that they can pull a power level close to the overpower protection on a power supply, but they will do it. Yeah. I My, my CPU is not crazy overclocked, but I've got a Ryzen 5 and I got... Man, Ryzen 5 oh, was... Those are super power efficient, though. Like, yeah. My, 
My 9900K is a whole lot more power hungry than your Ryzen 5 chip. It's a more, it's a better chip than what I got. But I, when I got that, I got it on a deal for 140 bucks, and I was upgrading from an old, uh, I can't remember something, South Lake or uh, Sandy Bridge. Sandy Bridge was yeah. your last one, yeah. I. I seven seventy seven seventy seven hundred I think is what it was. Yeah. Anyways, I had this fucking like eight core chip. It's a quad core with four virtual cores, and I had that thing overclocked to four point eight with a fucking blower on it. And I bought that thing back in twenty twelve. But you know, like it, it's not as efficient at handling threads as some other things. Yeah. And it ran pretty warm. That's why I had that um, goddamn Noctua on it, like. You'd always hear it fire up like a jet engine when I'd start running a game because it's like, all right, we're going to get all 4.8 gigahertz out of this sucker. Um, but, you know, it's just so old. Like, it required an older board, and the lanes on that weren't as fast as any of the newer boards. And I was like, all right, I'm handicapping my, I'm handicapping what I got because this has a smaller cache on it than any of the newer chips. Might as well yep. get the Ryzen 5, overclock it, and be fine yep. with it. And the Ryzen's, man, they... There's a couple versions of the Ryzen 5s and 7s that don't let you to overclock. But the AMD chips, man, like, have gotten so good. Like, there's they, no reason to spend all the extra on an i9 or something like that if they, you can find a good deal on a Ryzen. They have. Though I got to say, the, the 12th gen Intel i7s, the 12700s, they're not bad. They are extremely competitive with AMD with basically half the cores. Well, half the performance cores, right? It's just, here's the thing, guys. And I'm not like, so on our team, Rusty is absolutely the expert as he deals with hardware all day. Yep. But to the advanced PC builders like me and, 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 and Jason are, like, honestly, most games are single- threading like there's not a lot of games that hyper thread like vermintide hyper threads and you can kind of read up on it when you do yeah but most games run on one or two cores at a time and if you've got it fairly fast you don't need a you don't need the ryzen thread ripper on your shit because it doesn't going to do anything for you other than your run a whole bunch of other processes in the background well how much am i running extra running a fucking window for the internet occasionally i'm running an extra window for discord um, I might be running a performance monitor. Yeah. Right. I'm running it, Steam. To and then be I'm honest, running my game. So like, as long Go- as I have five threads available, yeah, like, I'm usually good. To be honest, Google Chrome, and now by extension the new Edge, will soak up more cores of your CPU than the most ninety five percent of the games out there will. Yeah, you have ten windows <laughs> open in Chrome, and like it's just sucking down horsepower for no reason. Yeah. Um, uh, Chromium is, Chromium is a CPU vampire. Yeah. I kind of wish um, there'd be something else that's, it's but not, it's not nearly as fast as it used to be. It's also, uh, I, I will give Google this Chromium as a pure browser base is the single most versatile, uh, browser base out there. Uh, some people will say Mozilla, but. Mozilla, that team developed specifically to uh, do certain things that um, Edge and Chrome won't do. 
So, you know, take that as you will. But I'm not looking to upgrade anything anytime soon, though, to be honest, depending on what happens with Windows 11 and other and other software over the next couple of years, I may have to do a CPU and motherboard upgrade in a, in a couple of years just because of what Windows does, unfortunately. Um, if, uh, if nobody's tried Windows 11 yet, I won't recommend it until, uh, unless you absolutely are having to do a new PC right now. Um, you know, stick with 10 until we get, um, a couple more major updates on Windows 11 in. Well, if That's you have a Humber machine, on. you have to verify your motherboard for yeah. it to update. So I've intentionally not done that on mine, and it doesn't ever auto-update. So I've just been staving it off. I'm just like, well. Well, I mean, I have all of the everything enabled on on my motherboard anyway. And yes, do I get the prompts? Of course I do, but. Oh, it just says Windows can't verify I, your hardware, so it, it's, it can, wants me to verify my motherboard and my setup before it does anything, and I just have decided I, to not go through the <laughs> additional steps to verify it so that it only updates yeah. my current version of Windows. Um, I just, I have everything enabled, uh, have it upgrade ready, just purely so... I see the prompts and Microsoft, you know, like forces literature about the updates down my throat because I am genuinely interested. Um, but I am also one of those people that firmly believe that you should uh, never early adopt a new OS. Um, that's just asking for levels of frustration that that nobody wants. But from from everything I've from everything that's out there so far, uh, Windows 11 is a is a good upgrade from Windows 10. It's just not not all the kinks are worked out yet. There's still a lot of uh, bugs, especially related to gaming, that still need to be ironed out before I make that change over. Um, but it's also one of those things that, um, Microsoft's developing in line with Intel and Intel literally built the 12th gen chips, uh, with new features that, um, are directly built into windows. So if you are going to 12th gen, it does make sense right now. Um, just because there, there are a lot of uh, C, CPU scheduling things in Windows 11 specifically for those chips uh, that do make that do make a difference in their performance. Um, it can it will take a good performing 12700 or an excellent 12900K uh, processor. Uh, up over a Ryzen 9 chip easily in performance. 
Those chips are still power-hungry. Intel likes their wattage, but they're from everything I've seen, they're good stuff. And I've been watching all of that stuff super close this last year. Um, just because I think uh, both AMD and Intel being good at the same time is just overall good for the space. Competition harbors advancement. And let's face it, for for the last 10 years, it's been fairly stagnant outside of, you know, graphical improvements. Now, you did dive into a game that me and Rusty put a lot of time into recently. What was that? I did. I finally installed Death Stranding after owning it for better than six months. <laughs> you get it on PC or you have it on PC? Oh, yeah. No, I've got it on Steam. Yeah, it uh, was it on sale? Yes. Yeah, I bought it. Well, on kind of Christmas sale or something. No, I bought it back in uh, back in July during the summer sale. Damn. Yeah, that game is super optimized. But I was also, I knew I was going to play it at some point because all of y'all told me it it was worth a play. But at the same time, um, uh, I generally have to be in the right mind space to basically play what is a grind game. It's it's and very uh, cathartic. It is extremely cathartic. I bet it looks um, really fucking good on your rig too, doesn't it? Oh yeah. It, you they, don't, do it, you have HDR it on that sings monitor? on that 2080. Do you have HDR on that monitor? Yes, but it's it's 1080 HDR, so you can't really it still alters tell the color much. palette. It it alters the color palette, but it's not as because it's a um a 19-inch monitor, it's not nearly as noticeable, right? Um there, there are certain things uh, like so. Death Stranding, the HDR really didn't make that much of a difference unless I'm unless I'm playing it on uh, on my TV. Um, on the monitor, it didn't make much of a difference. The only game so far, the only two games so far that HDRs made a difference on, even on even on that 19 inch monitor. Halo Infinite and Cyberpunk. And I think a lot of that has to do with the intensity of a lot of the lighting in in, in certain environmental situations. Um where Death Stranding's pretty muted lightwise uh for a lot of it. Yeah, it's a fairly big. What gadgets have you unlocked? I'm only, I'm only eight or ten hours in, so I've not unlocked do you a have whole like lot. A, do you have a bike yet? No. Okay, that does make things a little. I've easier. just gotten to the uh, to the point where I have it available, but I've got to get the. Uh, uh, the battery 
to jump it. Um, and I've not gotten that yet. Have you gotten the uh, little bit of combat down, essentially? Yes. It's not the combat's well, not that hard most of the time. I I say I got the combat down. Here Here's the extent of my combat. Running away from the sludge and seeing some of the uh, scavengers in the far-off distance and getting spending way too much time to be super stealthy and sneak up on them and choke like the four member four members of the scavenger party with my rope before they even knew I was there <laughs> yeah there are some consequences to killing people by the way I figured so I'm just gonna throw that out there the uh there are some of those runs that are pretty fucking hard. It's oh, just, and of course the you know the first time it forces you to meet the scavengers, you know they're firing off at you from a long distance. I literally just ran away from. Them. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a weird. It's a weird proof of concept game that you can make anything fun, and the it expressions is. that. They captured with Norman Reedus almost looks fucking real in that game. Like he does. It's un. There is an uncanny valley there yeah. with how accurately they depict him. Well, shoot, even Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, He's in his game. part, that's pretty hyper realistic to what Guillermo looks like. Yeah, um, because the world is the the only thing that keeps him from. Being too like Uncanny Valley hyper realistic is the first few times you see him, he's like a hologram projection, right? So they've got little glitches in there and whatnot. But now I remember this is kind of weird. But so when the kid was living here, I was playing that and he was in the shower and he's like, What are you playing? I was like, You know, I was talking about the game. She's like, like, that makes me almost uncomfortable. He's too hot to be in a video game. That's hilarious. I was like, it doesn't I, show anything, kiddo. She's like, I know. But you've got, like, a shirtless man on screen, and she's like, that water looks really real. I mean, you do see his ass quite a few times. Yeah. Well, she wasn't in the room not for any of that. Lie. But, but. She, that was the comment that she made. <laughs> I was playing it one night, and she's, like, hanging out with me and, like, eating dinner. And then it gets to one of those scenes. She's like, what the heck is this? Yeah. I've not yet peed on somebody yet. Let me put that you way. You don't necessarily have to. That's kind of like a last chance resort thing. I figured. I don't even have any real weapons outside of the rope yet. When you start able to make the blood grenades, those become incredibly useful. Yeah. I've made some. I've not yet. So most of my 10... My eight to ten hours, most people probably would have done in four, but I've also been super, super careful to dodge the race. Yeah, like you, you can, in this game, you can play it at your own pace. Yeah. That's why so, I sunk like 70 hours into it. Yeah. So, like, I've only gotten, tell you how careful I've been. I've only got them 
I've only gotten sludged up and, you know, some packages knocked off my back twice. <laughs> so I spend a, I have spent a lot of time trying to dodge them. Um, I spent a lot of time making money to get more gadgets. But the, uh, uh, I still, it's still fucking hilarious to me that you can sit there before you go out on a mission and pound four monsters and then go out doing extraneous activities, still pounding monsters as you're doing them to keep your stamina up. Yeah, it's a weird product placement thing that you're pounding sugarated energy drinks. Right. Um, but I mean, it's enjoy enjoyable. It's it's certainly cathartic. Um, it's just one of those I will probably, um, you know, play for a bit, come off of it, go back to it a little bit later. Um, definitely not. I'm not going to try to power through it at this point. Uh, it's been out so long. Um, and you're talking, it's certainly enjoyable. It there, the story's a whole lot more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Oh yeah. Um, I was really engaged with it. It's as weird as it is. It's, it's a very engaging game. Like it's a very believable, like post-apocalyptic story, which, well, certain parts of it are. Yeah. Uh, it gets which, more unbelievable the longer you play it. Well, I expect that from Kojima, but, um, I mean, this really could, could be Norman Reedus walking sim, the movie. <laughs> well, I'm just like, that was another game that was over slash under hyped. Like a lot of the people, it was hard to describe what it was. And then it kind of got labeled walking simulator and it's more like weird adventure game. It is. And it's, it's a weird grind game that ends up being very satisfying. It, it gamifies a, a lot of random stuff to make you feel like you're still playing a video game, even though yeah. it's, you're basically Amazon man in the apocalypse. It, it's more like a um, modern equivalent to like a solo run of Oregon trail. Like if you didn't have a bunch of, uh, colonizers to take care of on the road and well, it was just you the game is finding creative ways to solve puzzles basically yeah, yeah. with a weird horror theme attached to it which for whatever reason maybe it just not much scares me the way it used to like there are certain horror games that i have a hard time with this is not one of them just like no. I was thinking about getting Ghostwire Tokyo, but I wanted to play the other thing that was huge this year, which is why I snagged Horizon. Um, I tried to play Weird West on Game Pass, and I can't get the fucking game to launch off Game Pass for whatever reason. I've downloaded it, repaired it, reinstalled it, and I cannot get the stupid thing to even launch off Game Pass. So huh. I put it down, and that's why I ended up picking Horizon up. That was part of the reason I was dicking around last night. But... So I guess I'm going to have to have you tried when you 
Have you tried uninstalling it and installing yes. it to a different drive? I did. Windows doesn't recognize the directory it's in for some reason. Huh. I the only reason I asked I was I think there's a weird I, folder permissions thing I've got set up that I need to fix gotcha. and I just don't know where it's at. Cuz I did the um I ran into the same issue with uh just because it's a fun game. I ran into the same issue with my friend is Pedro. Oh, interesting. And I ended up having to uninstall that and reinstall that on a on a couple of different drives a couple times and then like it finally worked. It was weird. I I've got two NVMEs in the PC right now, so I've C and D driver both terabyte NVMEs. So I kinda alternate between the two um to save space. Yeah. But I've actually pared down my library a lot in the last few months to where it's only stuff I'm playing for the most part. Yeah. So that, I've got a lot of free space. I mean, I've got over 600 gigs on both drives that are not filled up with games or programs. Yeah. that That's the next thing I need to do for my PC is I need just – I don't even care about it being solid state at this point. I just need like a, another like four or six terabyte just – mass storage drive get one of those really things cheap. on yeah they're about 60 bucks for yeah. that size and just task your your wife to that of finding you a deal and then right. eventually it'll happen just give her the parameters she needs to find oh she's on she's on watch but with <laughs> this is good sounds super horrible but with supply chain issues the way that they are um a lot of those stores that she normally finds those good deals at, those super cheap thing, uh, electronic components and stuff, that they're getting less and less of the good stuff. And people are snagging stuff up as they see it and probably reselling it on Amazon. Mm, that and they're just getting um, less of that stuff is getting purchased and returned, right? Because of the way everything, the way everything is. Um, like the, the, uh, the Intel chips that, that Rusty bought from the one store while my wife was still working there, um, were the last chips they got. Um, they've not gotten any more since. So, um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of one of those things. Um, but yeah, uh, Death Stranding, it's it's a good game. Um, I, I like it, ended, it. I think uh, it's the, the year it came out, it ended up on me and Rusty's Game of the Year list, I believe. It did. 2019, sir. Was it 2019? Or was it 2020? 2020. It was 2020. Um, I, I didn't make Game of the Year, but I want to say it made like three. Yeah, it was in the top three. Um I mean, it, I'm I've enjoyed it so far, but I can already tell it's um it's not the right kind of grind that I want to just pound away at it. Um, so it'll be some it'll be one of those I'll probably be on and off of it all year. Um, I mean. You guys probably know by now I generally have one that I keep kind of circling back to and then while I play other stuff. Um, 
I also started um, uh, Children of Morta, but I'm only a couple of hours into it. That game's excellent. I really like Children of Morta. Yeah. Well, do you think we ought to take a break? I think we should. All right, y'all. I think we got to get some news together, so. We'll be back, guys. And we're back. Woohoo! Had to do a quick uh, break. Decided to compare the graphics of uh, uh, Horizon to uh, Bloodborne, which I also had installed on my PS5. There is a pretty big difference. I did not expect to get as far as I did with my karate chops in Bloodborne <laughs> as I did. I'm still in Elden <laughs> Ring mode and uh, kind of surprised myself. And I was like, maybe I just was in the wrong headspace last time I played this. Yeah, you were. You were. Because uh, I beat the werewolf. You, I beat everybody. I couldn't remember how you, you rested and reset, and I never got to the dream. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's how this works. You do got to get to the dream, which means you got to die. You were uh, you were fisting pretty deep in there, sir. <laughs> hey, I was all right with it. So um, I guess that might. It gave me a lot I mean, of confidence. I was like, maybe I'll play some Bloodborne tonight. I, I have mean, nothing against Horizon. I, like, I just, I haven't. Horizon looks good. The, I don't know if it's your TV's color settings or whatnot, but the area you were in at least was, at was, least to my eye, heavy, heavily oversaturated in color. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely a beautiful game. Especially if you like vibrant colors, yeah, it's it's it was already pretty, pretty bright. I do want to talk a little bit about game news, though. So there is a job posting with the Subnautica team that they are talking about making a. They had said in the past they were talking about making a, a proper sequel instead of Below Zero, which Below Zero is decent. It's just not nearly as good as regular Subnautica. Um, so essentially, there is a work very early in development that may come out in early access this year for Subnautica 3, essentially. So just kind of keep your eyes on that. Um, I think all of us here have played Subnautica. I like Subnautica a lot. Um, yeah, Subnautica's all right. It's, it's again, kind of one of those more cathartic games. It's definitely... It's, a, it's one of the best survival-style games I've played in a very long time. Yeah. Shit, with the... We're about to talk about the uh, gaming drought. I know, did you have a list up of things that are out right now? I had killed it because there wasn't much there, but I can get back to it fairly quick. If you scroll through it, I will tell you what's what we got in the next three months. So go, let's go, yeah, I scroll down a little bit. Um, Only things I can see of note is Back for Blood, Tunnels of Terror DLC comes out on April 12th, which is just a few days away, so by the time we post this, it'll be out there. Um, Nobody cares about Green Hell VR. Uh, Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate, which I think is a turn-based game. Um, It's on my wish list. I don't know enough about it, but that's coming out on PC May 5th. You've got... uh, Yep. Um, Dying Light 2 is getting its first DLC in June. 
So for the next three months, I suggest get clearing out your backlog, playing some things you haven't played, and look at some indie games. And we will report on some indie games. I'm sure I will have beat Horizon in the next couple of weeks because it is not a 140-hour game. Um, so I assume in the next two, two and a half weeks I'll have that beat, and then I'll be on to something new. Rusty has already beaten Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and spoiler alert, it's not as good as Elden Ring. Um, well, was I anybody will let, really expecting it to be? As long as it's better than I'm not, Borderlands 3, that's all I care about. It is, he said it's better than Borderlands 3, but so there's it has to have that going for it, but it's not going to come down in price anytime soon. Um, there is a... Something that has been rumored, so Square Enix trademark Tactics Ogre Reborn in Japan. Um, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you'll know that I'm a huge, well, Ogre Battle original, March of the Black Queen, was one of my first tactics games I ever played. Really like that game, right? doesn't hold up graphically to anything nowadays, but it's a cool game. Uh, it was the idea that things kind of change class as you go based on what you do. And then there was Tactics Ogre, which was kind of came out on Piet, uh, PlayStation handheld. What the hell is that called? PSP. PSP. It came out on PSP a long time ago. Yep. About the same time that Final Fantasy Tactics came out. So I'm kind of interested to see what they're doing. As long as it's something similar to what they did before, I'll be totally down for it. Um. Yeah, March of the Black Queen came out on SNES in 1993. Um, they haven't seen an entry since 2001. So this is definitely an older gamers thing. Um, something that's pretty cool. So Rogue Legacy 2 has been in early access for a couple years. It's been on my yep. backlog for a very long time. It comes out, I want to say April 23rd. I might be wrong. I remember weird things. I'm hoping I'm right. April 28th. So it's five days off. So April 28th, Rogue Legacy 2 is going to come out. So if you're a fan of Rogue Legacy 1, um, it is Rogue Legacy 1 with a 2.5D approach to the overall art style. Looks really cool. I played it in very early access and shelved it until it was done. So it's on my list of things to play. Um, maybe it is Spice Wars. Doing Spice Wars, the 4X game, comes out in early access at the end of this month. Maybe that was the 23rd. Yep. 26, I'm still wrong. So they estimated it to be in early access in 9 to 12 months. If you're looking at getting in early access, that's something coming up. But again, I have some apprehension about early access. So sometimes I'll pick up something in early access and I'll play it. To give you an example, um, Vampire Hunters. Yeah. Um, the If you don't have that, it's a $3 game. I know. Um, that is a I, very. I just keep forgetting about it. Very simple to play game. I fired it up on lunch break a few days ago and remembered why I love it because they continue to add to the game. So there's new levels. That game's very good in early access. It's also one of those games that you play, get unlocks, and then play again, get unlocks, it, and play again. It it's requires just a one fun hand. bullet hell. It, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool game. Anyways, if you're looking for something to kind of cut between stuff or play, I, I don't like... I will find myself sucked into it for about four hours at a time, but not the same kind of play sessions I have with Elden Ring. Um, it is a good, it is the best $3 game you'll ever find. Um, Hyperlight Drifter, if you remember, we played that way back in the day. I want to say it came out in 2018. has got a 
3D version of that game, basically called Lightbreaker, coming out in early access next year. So that might, if you liked original Hyper Light Break, uh, Hyper Light Drifter, um, that will be coming out. Um, but oh, that game was so good. Yeah, it's a really good Metroidvania, and it's really good looking. The uh, 3D adaptation, if you look up, um, what is this called? Hyper Light Breaker, Hyper Light Breaker. Yeah, it's going to be out in early access next year. Um, Jason, oh, last thing. Darktide, Warhammer 40K Darktide, which is made by the same people that made Vermintide, is the same thing but in the 40K universe versus the regular, I guess, ancient Warhammer universe. Um, looks like it's more focused on guns than it is melee. Um, but that has been pushed back to September. Um, I'm pretty hyped for that. Not going to lie, that is one of the games that I may pre-order because Vermintide did so well. Nice. Uh, one last uh, uh, game-specific plug here. Uh, and one I've been uh, been wrestling with whether or not I'll get in on early access for if it became available. Um, Dune Spice Wars, um, they announced last week that... Uh, that game will be going into early access for PC via Steam uh, later this month on the 26th. Um, and I'll, you know, to be honest, I, I would basically just do it because it's a game set in the Dune universe. <laughs> I mean, that that's the only thing worth consideration there. Um, anybody who played the original Doom game, Dune game, and you're a really old gamer if you did. Um, I mean, it was great. So if this is even close to a uh, uh, to mo to a modern version of that, maybe a little bit more RTSy, I'm down for it. Um, so I may or may not check that out. I don't know. I've got a couple weeks to decide. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm. I try to stay. Like I said, I try to stay away from the early access because I end up getting to the end of the content or burning myself out. The one that hurt me the worst in that regard was um, playing Wasteland Two in early access and getting through the opening area fifteen times, getting through the first fifteen hours of content and not realizing I had the whole rest of the game. So when I finally got to play it. Had to struggle bus through that first portion to get to the new content. And then once I got through, it was like, oh, finally something new. Right. I'd like beat it every different way at that point. Yeah. But anywho. Um, so on to bigger news. A uh, couple of pieces. Uh, well, one piece here real quick, and then I'll get on to a heavier topic. Uh, Remedy Entertainment. Um announced earlier this week that uh, they've entered into an agreement with Rockstar Games uh, for a uh, Max Payne 1 and 2 remake. I'm done with remakes. Max Payne was I, a good game. Let's get some new shit out there. Right. Um, I'm kind of done with remakes too, but at the same time, um, uh, 
you know, Max Payne for as good Max Payne one and two for as good as of a game as they were, um, they definitely had those issues or they definitely had issues. So, you know, and a lot of that was they were pushing a lot of things at the time um, on the bleeding edge there. So if there's a, so I'm sure there, there are improvements I could bring now. Um, it just depends on how you do it. And you can certainly knock it out of the ballpark or you could really screw it up. Could, could go either way. Uh, and then the biggest topic, I think, is uh, last week, PlayStation launched a new version of PlayStation Plus to compete directly with Game Pass, uh, basically integrating their PlayStation Now service, which they uh, mothballed last year. Um, and then trying to directly compete. The only thing is they're trying to directly compete with what is essentially a very simple program that allows you to subscribe to a service and play, you know, what, 100 to 150 titles basically for free, uh, well, included with the subscription for either console or PC, or both, uh, depending on what you choose, um, with or without a gold subscription, on very, on basically set pricing. You know, Game Pass is five bucks without gold, ten bucks with gold, fifteen if you have both console, PC, and gold per month. Um, now PlayStation Plus is taking this and. Um, uh, taking the same concept, but extremely, uh, uh, in my mind, a little bit backwards. So instead of it, um, deciding how, uh, what, uh, platforms you can play games on because they only have the one platform, uh, PlayStation Plus now has three different tiers. Uh, it now has Essential, Extra, and Premium. Um, Essential is 10 bucks a month, um, includes all the things PlayStation Plus has today, uh, and then adds between one and two dozen uh, games that are already available as the Plus Collection. Um, which you have to purchase separately currently. Next up uh, is the extra, which is $15 a month, gives you around 400 PS4 and PS5 titles, uh, which you'd have access to download. And then you have the $18 premium package, which gets you around an extra 340 games, which includes titles from PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS3. They need to, if they want to be competitive with Game Pass, they need to put new releases along with this. And here, here's the thing. They have in no way made any commitment to uh, day one release any of their first-party titles on the service. 
I think part of the way that Microsoft gets away with it is it's a loss leader with part of its product. It is. And it generates additional revenue on DLCs and things like that with some of these games. Um, but there's enough quality content on Game Pass for you to get away with that. And we're both, we're not, we are total shills for it because we've gotten a lot of value. I saved a lot of money last year picking up some of the indie games that I wasn't so sure about instead of probably blowing 120, 200 bucks on indie games that, you know, it's like throwing a whole bunch of darts at a dartboard and you get, find one or two gems. Um, I was able to kind of scour the interwebs for things that were actually pretty good. And it's also one of those things, uh, um, the thing is you're limited to, uh, to a whole lot of either old retro titles or PlayStation specific titles. Um, and there's no flexibility to PC, and that's where uh, Game Pass gets a huge bump for me. You know, there there are certainly titles that that lend themselves more to more to a console, um, and you know, but the vast majority of titles look better and play better on PC, and it's nice having that flexibility. It's extremely nice having that flexibility. Um, plus, there are there are certain titles that um, my family can play on X on Xbox using using my subscription, um, and I can still be playing other Game Pass games on PC without it interrupting one of the two. So, um. I don't know. I I think it. In my opinion, play PlayStation has a lot to prove with their s- subscription service as to whether or not they can even get close to the value that uh, Microsoft has proven with Game Pass over the last two years. Well, things that I'm going to let you guys know about that I will be trying out really soon is planet crafter i need a chill game if i can't find the gumption to get into horizon which i need a game to not hold my hand and so far it's hold my hand a lot but i do want to play horizon but i don't know that i'm in the mood um something else i've had my eye on that just recently came out is a game called forgive me father so this is uh forgive me father is like a It's done in the same perspective of old Duke Nukem, like it's sprites, but in a 3D realm, but it's fairly highly detailed, and it plays out like Doom. It's a shooter that you, uh, I don't know, kind of a survival shooter, I guess is what, a horror shooter or whatever, but it's, I don't know. Pull up, pull up, forgive me, Father, real quick, and I'll show you, Jason, so you can understand what it looks like, but... It's a very interesting, like, Lovecraftian-type world that's in a shooter. Yeah, just play it without audio so it just it doesn't come through. But if it's highly stylized, like, cel-shaded, kind of like Borderlands, but just done in a 2D sprite style, even though it's a 3D shooter, first-person shooter, it's supposed to be fairly hard. But 
Um, I've been watching this in early access, and it just came out. Um, by the time this is up, it may be off sale, but it's like 14 bucks right now. So that and Planet Crafter are the two things that I'm kind of looking at. I'm kind of I was hoping to see if Forgive Me Father ended up on Game Pass, to be honest with you. Um, but it, it looks kind of cool. I mean, like the uh, like the characters look like flat paper. Yeah, it's weird. But, but it's highly detailed. Yeah, like a comic book or something. You know, it, that's just it. It looks like a a. You know those old pop-up books from when we were kids? Yeah. It almost looks like that <laughs> in a first-person shooter. It's like weird. Like a Lovecraftian old ones kind of thing with a whole bunch of crazy weapons. And that's – I was watching a streamer play this um, about four or five months ago. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep an eye on that. But it just released like literally uh, April 7th. So it's April 9th, so two days ago. So I've kind of had that on my head. Um, it's come out to pretty high reviews so far. Nice. Um, right now it is, is it very positive or overwhelmingly positive? 92% all-time positive. So, yeah, it's not in, it's not in early access right now. But I don't have much else in the way of news. I just kind of found some sprinkling of things. Yep. Yep. Same here. I mean, the PlayStation thing was the, to be honest, the biggest thing of note out there in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. And like I said, uh, there. You know, I'll give them, I'll give them props for. Uh, uh, for making the attempt, but they've got a lot to prove, um, especially in in the form of what titles end up on the service, how quickly new games get there, because um, you know Microsoft has proven even some they're willing to uh, go out there and make deals for even some of the. Uh, uh, smaller third-party titles to, to end up on day one release like the Outer Worlds so uh, when they have the opportunity to do so. So uh, I, it's up to Sony to prove. Uh, I'm, I hope they do to an extent just because, you know, competition's always good for, yeah, I for these look. kinds of things. But And there is something to say. To counterpoint that, me and Matt, who's been on the show before, we're talking about it, that the only th downside to some of this stuff is we don't loan games in this digital age because we were talking about Horizon. He got the, you know, stupid edition of Horizon. Of course he and did. And he was talking about Elden Ring. He's been salt in the earth in our personal thread about Elden Ring, but he's genuinely interested in playing it. And he's like, it's not like the old days where I could just loan you Horizon and try to convince you that's better and you could loan me Elden Ring try to convince me that it's better. I was like, I mean, I'm not really trying to battle it out. I just, I had very strong feelings after I finished that game and I just, it's just really good. It's a, it's, it's going to be hard for something else to beat. Like Starfield, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, right? Bethesda's track record for new IPs yeah. is actually not horrible. But 
that's old Bethesda, like Oblivion, high profile, you know, IP that they did. Skyrim, high profile IP. They redid Fallout. They did a pretty damn good job of that, right? Yeah. They don't have a very long history of games. I mean, the stuff they've got, the other games that have come out have not been as great. Like Ghostwire Tokyo is doing decent, but it's not hitting the same kind of acclaim that some of these other titles have. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like a 78 on Metacritic right now, which makes me I mean, kind of want to wait before I blow $60 on a game. The only other thing I can think of that they really did... Uh, Dishonored came out did good. super well was Dishonored and uh, the Wolfenstein remakes. But that's not Bethesda Proper Studios. Wasn't the first one? It's published by ZeniMax. That's not Bethesda's... Oh, okay. Right? It's just like the Prey remake. That's not Bethesda Proper. That's... Uh, I can't remember the name of the... Bethesda's the parent company. Gotcha. This is the Todd Howard studio is the studio we're talking about for Starfield, oh, okay. which is Starfield, Fallout, re- the Fallout new versions, and uh, the Elder the Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. So cautiously optimistic, right? I'm a pretty big fan, fanboy-ish about Bethesda stuff, but I'm more cautious. They've got a, they haven't had a big hit since Fallout Four, and that was like 2015. Yeah, it's been a long time. So, Starfield comes out, what, 11 22 Yep. Because they did Skyrim on 11 11 11. As long as it doesn't get pushed back, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's it's still... It's going to be released with bugs. There's there's still a lot of time between... You're going to get in your spaceship and never be able to get out. <laughs> You're going to launch your spaceship, try to land it, and it's going to fall through the fucking earth. You're going you're gonna to go take off, and your spaceship will go up, and you'll be on the ground. <laughs> It'll launch without you, and then you'll be stuck. Yeah, or, that's, you know, you'll just go through the floor of the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned to temper my expectations with games. So far, the only one that met the hyperbole was Elden Ring. Again, praising it. Like, just because something's popular, sometimes things are popular for good reason. Um. Well, I mean, let let's just face it. We live in a we've got to come to terms with the fact that we live in a we live in a day and age now where um games are becoming so big and have uh so much intensity to them uh whether that be in the uh chosen graphics engine, inventory system, um, whatever it is, um, along with the fact that, you know, most studios are, um, are beholden in some way to, to a major publisher. Um, so you have those timelines. It, we just live in a day and age where games are not going to have a completely bug-free, polished release uh, anymore. Uh, There are always going to be day day one bugs, and we just need to accept it. And we need to quit. We need to stop as a society judging a game based on 
based on bugs it has at initial release and we need to give them a you know that first few weeks of after release to fix ma fix any major bugs that they may not have found in testing and and just move on um but we need to give them more of a chance before we judge them too harshly Well, with that, I think it's time to end the show. Where do you find us, Jason? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TiltCast, And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Got Cabbage, KBG. You've got NoQuarters.net. Um, BMFCast.com. And tvgp.tv, they do fantastic things and also play Soulsborne games. With that, it's the end of the show. Peace.